Yo, imagine having so much money that you have like a valet that does everything for you. Like they schedule your appointments, they book your vacations, they kill your enemies. It's all good. It's all good. Hello, everyone. This is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is a podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to, and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer over on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives and so much more join the gbb family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic today we'll be discussing america's second most popular teenage girl detective veronica mars this series follows a whip smart high schooler from the elite fictional town of neptune california who solves the various mysteries in the lives of her classmates even as she struggles with a few mysteries of her, from her own past. So what do you think made Veronica Mars so intriguing? Well, stay tuned. All right, everyone, here are some details about Veronica Mars, the most popular teenage girl detective after Nancy Drew. <laughs> Um, Veronica Mars, the series, is classified as a drama, a mystery, a neo-noir, and a teen drama. It was created by Rob Thomas, not the Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. It was released from September 22nd, 2004 through July 19th, 2019. Um, The first two seasons aired on the UPN network. The third season aired on the CW. And the much-awaited final fourth season aired on Hulu. The series had a total of four seasons and 72 episodes, as well as a spinoff film in between seasons three and four, aptly called Veronica Mars as well. The series stars Kristen Bell as Veronica Mars, our protagonist, the title character. Percy Daggs III as Wallace Flannel, Veronica's best friend. Jason Doring as Logan Eccles, Veronica's second primary love interest. Teddy Dunn as Duncan Kane, Veronica's first love. Enrico Calantoni as Keith Mars, Veronica's father. Francis Capra as Eli Navarro, a.k.a. Weevil, an associate of Veronica's. Tina Majorino as Mac, first an associate and later a friend of Veronica's. Uh, Amanda Seyfried as Lily Kane, Veronica's deceased best friend, who is deceased at season open and we don't see much of her, but plays a huge amount of of um, of consequence in other people's lives. Michael Moni as Don Lamb. Uh, he becomes a sheriff after Veronica's father fails to get reelected. Ryan Hansen as Dick Casablancas, one of Logan and Duncan's friends. Kyle Gallner as Beaver Casablancas, Dick's younger brother. Darren Norris as Cliff McCormack. Max Greenfield as Leo D'Amato. Dwayne Daniels as Van Clemens. And last but not least, 
Amanda Norit as Madison Sinclair, who is uh, sort of Veronica's arch nemesis, as well as someone with a very interesting tie to Mac. So let's talk about these characters. Let's talk about season one. Veronica Mars aired in 2004, you guys. This was the era where we were, st- we were still having really incredibly long seasons, and this was no exception. UPN gave this series uh, 22 episodes for that first season. Let's talk about it. So let's. So you encountered Veronica Mars, and you watched it while it was on air, right? Yes, I was hype. I saw the trailer. I was like, this looks good, and I watched it in real time with my mom and my sister. Right, right, yeah. So Veronica Mars, full disclosure, I did not, this is my first time watching Veronica Mars, like, ever, even though I was very much the target demo when it was airing, but I never, I could never get into it. Like, I remember I saw the trailer and I was like, no, I just knew in my spirit, (laughs) like, you know how you know something, and I, and I remember it being recommended to me a bunch, and everyone was like, and you know, I'm a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, stan, so, um, and everyone was like, oh, if you love Buffy, then you're gonna love uh, Veronica Mars. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, And I remember I tried to get into it a couple of times and um, I just couldn't. And so it's really interesting because, you know, Veronica Mars was supposed to be from Rob Thomas from the network. um, It was uh, supposed to be like the answer to to Buffy. It was it was UPN's answer to like a non-supernatural Buffy. UPN was like, we'd love another, we'd love like a show like Buffy, but without all like the monsters and the supernatural shit. And thus Veronica <laughs> Mars is born. And it's like a really popular series. Like people love it. It is like really it's one of those series that's very, like, renowned for, I think, the power of, like, the fans of the show sort of getting it back into a revival, getting that movie made. Um, and, you know, it's created by Rob Thomas, who also did the really critically acclaimed um, Party Down, which I know a lot of critics really loved Party Down, and I know you know, like I said, critics for the most part loved Veronica Mars. Um, and now that I finally watched it, I don't know, you guys. I think I'm... It's not for me. It's still not for me. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things you just had to be there. You yeah, just had I to think be I there. had to be there. I mean, Veronica Mars came out. I was 18 years old. Everybody who was watching the show was like between the ages of 15 and 18. Like that was the demographic. That was the vibe that we were on. And we just thought the show was so smart. We thought Veronica was so smart. Um, Yeah, actually, I don't even think I was 18. I think I was like 19. Yeah, I think I was like, yeah, I was 19 by the time because the show aired in September. And we were just like living our best lives. We thought the show was so great. And it kind of makes sense that UPN would want another Buffy type show because by this point they had Buffy on UPN right from the WB to UPN so it kind of would make sense that they saw something they're like oh okay these kids are actually responding to tv shows where the the show the 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 
the teen audience is not being patronized or talked down to but at the same time a lot of parents don't like Buffy and Angel and all of the supernatural stuff and all of the demonic stuff so let's give them a, a version that parents can enjoy as well and Veronica Mars actually did a really good job with that I said this to Alex a couple days ago but um, Veronica Mars was one of the few teen shows like geared towards teens that teenagers could watch safely with our parents without having any awkward conversations um, and without being bored out of our minds. Um, because we could watch Seventh Heaven safely with our parents too, but Seventh Heaven was only as popular as it was because of the huge amount of uh, conservative Christians who were uh, plugging the ratings and the fact that for most of us, we knew we could watch that show with our parents without any awkward conversations about sexual escapades. Right. And I will say that I think there is um, one of the things that like is interesting about Veronica Mars is uh, whereas Buffy is very much a, a show that is very, that sticks to this girl's singular like adolescence and then coming into her womanhood and and then like and figuring out the the things in her life I will say like the stressors like the the stressors of like the world are in terms of like racism and like classism like like there's not like a whole bunch of exploration of that on Buffy and what there is it's largely metaphorical you, with using the demons and the monsters and stuff. Whereas Veronica Mars is very like head on. We're going to talk about rape. We're going to talk about, you know, these sociopolitical issues. And I, and I can see how like making it, taking it out of that metaphorical supernatural world and making it sort of head on in Veronica Mars is really valuable and like meant a lot to teen girls, even though I think Veronica Mars is written like a boy, but that's fine. Yeah, in some ways, I will agree, Veronica is written like a boy, in some ways, yes. Um, but, you know, all the things you just mentioned are valid, because I definitely think there's a case to be made for the Veronica Mars viewership to social activism pipeline. <laughs> no, and I and I think it's really good. I really loved it. I think that's one of the, I think it's a credit to the series, even, um, and it's, it's it was interesting to watch. But like, like you said, I, I just had to be there because like, I'm not going to lie off the bat, like in this pilot, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is this is goofy. <laughs> like, I'm not buying this. <laughs> it was a vibe. But like oh all of that aside, one of the ways that Veronica Mars is winning over Buffy and not just like, like uh, subjectively, um, because so for some people, it's a win that Buffy didn't tackle sociopolitical issues, right? So right. not just in the subjective sense, but like objectively, Veronica Mars is winning because her boy, her best friend wasn't a nice guy in Cell Douchebag. I mean, I think that's one aspect of the, I think. Uh, the, but I, it's so major. Because I, Xander, <laughs> like on, honestly, on Buffy's rewatch, I had not realized how I knew Xander was a problem, but I didn't realize how insufferable Xander was until the rewatch. And he was a major character from start to finish. So the fact that like, I could like actually breathe and like Wallace is a pretty decent representation of like being a guy friend. 
um, I didn't realize how much that meant to me until I rewatched the show because I didn't realize how lacking that was and still is for teen media. And I mean, I think that's valid. I would, I guess I would argue that um, it's, that's a subjective taste. Cause like, uh, sure. Wall- but like Wallace is token, like he's a, he's the token black kid. And like, I would argue that the reason why he probably doesn't fall into incel territory is not so much as like, they were really in their mind, like, okay, we really want like to have this representation of like this guy who's like a really good guy friend to a girl and more of like, uh, we don't really know what to do with this black kid. Like, he's just there to, like, because we need to be quote-unquote diverse. And I and that comes through to me with the Wallace character and his, for the duration of the series. Mm. I mean, Wallace might be token, but here's some ways that I think they did right by Wallace. The first is that Wallace wasn't constantly being put in harm's way for Veronica's sake, (laughs) Bonnie Bennett. Um, The second is Wallace wasn't the the man of color who was completely infatuated with this white girl, which is often how men of color around white women are written. Like, he's completely infatuated. He would die for his white queen. He's ready to put on a cape to save this white woman. This is very, very common with how men of color, particularly black men and Indian men, are written around white women. And secondly, Wallace has his own life. Like, Wallace talks about his mom. In season two, Wallace gets a girlfriend. Like, it's like, yes, he's token, but he's not so saturated in Veronica's life that it feels like he is living for her and exists entirely for her, if that's making sense. Uh, and I guess I, to me, that is not like, like, I feel like you can only use that so many times. <laughs> um, it's cause I mean, it's like, yeah, Wallace talks about his mom, but like Wallace doesn't do anything. Nothing happens. Wallace is not like a, a driver of his own story ever. Like he has Tessa Thompson, uh, who comes in and they have maybe like, two episodes where things happen, but it's more of like a aw shucks, like um, an, an, aw, an aw shucks of like, oh, I have problems with my girl. Like to me, Wallace falls into the canon of uh, Pete from Smallville um, and, and so many of his, of, of his, of his, of his likeness in mm. the, in the, um, in the early 2000s, like, token Black best friend uh, narratives. Um, I don't like Bonnie Bennett's treatment either, but my God, Bonnie got to do shit. Like, I hate Bonnie's treatment because of, like, how racist it is and how, like, yes, she's always living for her her things, but, like, Bonnie had storylines. I, I just guess, I guess that's not, like, enough for me, personally. Mm. I mean, for me, I, it's because of characters like Bonnie that I'm okay with characters like Wallace. Because, yeah, Bonnie got to do things, but everything she did was in service of the protagonist. And she was involved in the storyline simply because her the protagonist's existence revolved around her. Like, Elena would have died on first episode if it wasn't for Bonnie. So she's literally a human insurance policy for the protagonist. I mean, like I said, yeah, like, but it's it's 
it's um I also think it's it's a two sides of the same coin racist writing. Mm. Like one one is not better than the other. They're both shitty right it's both shitty racist writing wallace and bonnie because i think even bonnie bennett's treatment is like um i think that's just how black girls are written as best friends on these like predominantly white tv shows um i think that and i don't neither is better to me and it's interesting you and i've had conversations about benevolent like how racism can sometimes work in a in a way that um, denotes like that can seem be seemingly benevolent, and I think that's just the and I think the writing with the Wallace character is like an example of that. In that he's not really doing anything, he doesn't like, and he does like help, and he and that's and that's true. Wallace actually does put his his ass on the line a lot for Veronica because he's always doing like these like illegal computer things for her. He never, nothing ever really happens to Wallace, but that's, um, I would say that's because like he's a man and like black boys get like sort of written differently in that way. Um, but it's, it's two sides. It's yeah. It's two sides of the same coin to me. So like neither is, is better. They're both bad. I mean, going into the story, um, Wallace ultimately is a supporting character. And sometimes I think a lot of times when you have a, a, a main character who's a woman, giving the supporting characters who are men too much uh, too much material that doesn't revolve around the protagonist can almost feel like show hijacking, if that makes sense. Logan and Duncan got a lot of screen time, but that's because they were Veronica's love interests. A lot of the characters on the show were sidelined in interest of Veronica. So I don't know. I like I said, um, he wasn't suffering on account of her, and he wasn't uh, romantically interested in her. So like I could vibe with it. Like just on that level, I could vibe with it. Um, I would have liked to see more of Wallace, particularly in the movie in season four. But I'm not mad at what we got, if that makes any sense. Like, give us a little more, fine. But I'm not hurting. Like, I'm not hurting over uh, Wallace's treatment. I'm only hurting that he didn't get a richer backstory, if that makes sense. I mean, I don't, I guess I just, I mean, we'll agree to disagree. Because I think when you compare Wallace with somebody, particularly like somebody like Weevil, you see the disparity. And even Weevil's writing is is very not, it's, it's, a lot of it is in Latinx, like, stereotypes, and it's also really not good, like, it's racist writing, but my God, like, he's certainly doing things. There's arcs, there's, like, there's, there's stuff to do. So, I guess agree yeah, to disagree. Weevil. I don't, I don't want, like, don't put, I guess for me, it's always like, if you're going to put these POC characters in your story, write them correctly. And, and you have to be able to do both. You have to write them correctly and give them things to do. And d- don't write them in a racist way and don't neglect them to be token. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Um, the Weevil character actually had a really, I had problems with then and I have problems with now because like you said, he does fall into a lot of Latinx tropes. He is a career criminal from start to finish uh, with maybe a few lapses in between. Um, 
And it's interesting because Veronica simultaneously needs him often, but looks down on him um, and judges his choices. I really didn't like the way that character was written at all. And prior to characters like Pete, who I hated because he was written off Smallville, and Wallace, we never really got any real displays of black boys that weren't rooted in black stereotypes or where the black boy wasn't written like Eli being a criminal. Um, so I guess we were just taking what we could get at the, at that time. But yeah, I had a lot of problems with the way Eli was written. I wish it could have done better by him, but you know, it's California, it's rich white people, it's scary Latino. Um, so, um, let's talk about that first season a little bit more. Let's, yeah. let's jump into it. Yeah. Um, Season one, we meet these characters. Veronica has uh, basically fallen into being a private investigator, which is what her father has become because he was the beloved sheriff of Neptune County. So a little bit of side note for anyone who's not aware, sheriff is an elected position. And the reason why Veronica and her father were in good with these people and she was able to attend school in Neptune County because her father lived right on the outskirts, which is what most elected officials and counties live. They don't necessarily live directly in the counties, live on the outskirts, but he was elected sheriff. And because he was sheriff and he was in good with all of these rich people, she was kind of like that token middle-class friend for all of her friends at Neptune. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, so in the pilot, it's described as like Neptune, California is one of, and this is where, this is why, like, I think the show is reaching for something, but I never quite, it, it the way it kind of, it stumbles there, but it, they're like, they describe it as like, there's this huge, massive, like wealth inequality in Neptune in terms of like, there's rich, ultra rich people. And then there's poor people and that's it. Um, and her and her dad sort of eke by in this, this existence as, as private investigators. Um, so my first grown up flag on the play (laughs) is that like these rich kids would be in private school. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) I mean, some of them, yes. The ones who are like, who have like celebrity parents. Yes. The ones who are just like dealing in generational wealth. Yeah. They would be in public school. (laughs) Um, and Neptune, yeah, in a rich ass town, they would be in public school. But yeah, you have the Logans and stuff. Yeah, that was like my first. I'm like, these kids would be in private school. Like, no one is. And then also like, there's something there. And I guess, and I don't want to like rag on because this is the 2000s. This is the WB UPN. The budget was probably not what it needed to be, but like. There's something visual, there's like a visual way that this show, like, like that this show needed to be better at like establishing things for me, like visually, because they talk about like how like these kids are ultra rich and like they are the elite of the elite wealthy and, but they're driving like Chevrolet Tahoes. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) is that real? I like, mean, yeah, the Tahoe, is for, the Tahoe is for school and the Ferrari is for weekends. Everybody knows that. Listen, honey, and I've, I've gone to some to school with some rich children and that is not the case. Their parents like 
the Benzes and the Mercedes, the, the Benzes and the S-Classes and, like, the, the Cadillacs are bought on the 16th birthday and then they're totaled and then they buy new ones. Like, that's... And they drive them to school and they all ride around in them and it's toy, 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 like, you know. Mm. So I was like, okay, show, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so um, you know, like like I like I said, um, prior to being privatized, her dad had been sheriff, and so she's getting, you know, they're earning a living because it's a it's a an elected position, and you're paid by the tax dollars of your constituents, and these people have the tax dollars to spend, but now they're privatized, and uh, the reason they're privatized is because her father investigated quote unquote the wrong people people who think that their money is untouchable and he's become a a social pariah and so has she right because it's all about in in it's because like of the investigation of her 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 dead friend right right uh so her best friend lily died and her father started investigating lily's father Mm. as one of the suspects and um Kane Enterprises, which her family her family owns, or or Lily's family owns, is like a, a, a you know they're like tech moguls, they're in software. So you're not touching these people. Um, but the the murder of her friend is still unsolved. And as the show progresses, particularly in those first two seasons, we get a laundry list of potential characters because, um, spoiler alert, Liz, Lily was messy. Yeah, Lily. Lily was just doing whatever Lily felt. Right, she was definitely one of those uh, rich girls who who feel untouchable and make a lot of enemies with the wrong type of people that you don't want to mess with. Um, But in addition to that, there's another mystery in Veronica's life. It's that she knows she was raped at a party, but she doesn't know who did it. Right. That we find that out like in the in the pilot and it's it's one of the driving sort of plot lines of that first season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, she's trying to solve as many mysteries as she can for her classmates and at her school. So um a lot of the these first season episodes are kind of one-offs where Veronica Mars is just doing her teen sleuthing thing. It's interesting because, like we said um, in the opening, she's the second most famous teen girl detective. The first would be Nancy Drew. And Nancy Drew, the book series, um, in all of the uh, preceding books, movies, and TV programs, with the exception of this last iteration of Nancy Drew, are all older than Veronica Mars. But the way that Nancy is written, for the most part, is actually a lot more likable than Veronica. Yeah, you know, Veronica, like I said earlier, like, you know, there's Veronica Mars is trying to, I think, in a lot of ways, mirror that like Buffy quality, like the Veronica Mars character is, you know, she's really sarcastic and is like, um, kind of got a chip on her shoulder and this darkness and, and her dialogue and how she interacts with people kind of has this like Buffy-esque quality. Like they're trying to nail this sort of Buffy-esque quality and and she's, but she's like snappy and kind of mean and, and, and definitely darker. 
Right. Um, and, you know, to your point that she's written like a boy, that's because she was a boy. Um, when Rob Thomas initially started writing Veronica Mars, it was a young adult novel featuring a male protagonist. He just uh, changed her to a female because he thought that would be more interesting and original. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, you can feel it. It's one of those things that you can, that you get, that I just, the the thing that definitely alerted me to Veronica's, I guess, boyness um, is, you know, she has a really big, like, I'm not like the other girls energy, <laughs> <laughs> which I think male writers think is like, attractive or maybe that makes them feel better about writing a female character but it's like uh, like not really i mean it is attractive to a male audience like you know the type of girls the cool girls and not like the other girls and there's a whole monologue about this in the movie gone girl but the cool girl that a lot of guys think is cool is someone who's really beautiful but is never seen exercising and eats as much as a teenage boy, um, is really smart, but never the kind of smart that's going to upstage you, um, is into video games and into sports and judges other women. And the thing's basically, she is a man in a woman's body. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and it's interesting. Like I, somebody said, I haven't watched, Battlestar Galactica in a while and but we will eventually because I know it's on our list but um uh people make this uh say that about like Starbuck and I or they say it's insufferable (laughs) and they say it about um other characters and I never quite saw it but like on this like sort of virgin watch of Veronica Mars I really truly with my whole being understood um what women what women writers mean about that you know she's and because Veronica's whole thing is like she acts like above it all she acts that like femininity femininity or how these girl how these other young girls are expressing themselves um trying to navigate their their adolescenthood coming into their womanhood um is like she's so above it all like and 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 not only is she above it all like she's stupid and it's not that like uh, women can't be or young women like this can't be written in a different way because um who aren't you know really good at the sort of performance or not performance but aren't good at like being really pretty, quote unquote, or whatever, and, and all the things you're supposed to do as a girl, and and what that means, because they can be, and I I think there's there's truth in that, but it's usually from a more place of like awkwardness and like a yearning to be like other girls, and like you can't figure it out. But Veronica's not like that. She she intentionally like looks down on them for being like that, and she feels like she's so much better now that she doesn't succumb to those things and it's like ugh, get off of it veronica whereas i think in buffy the key difference is is like you know buffy's horrified if she breaks a nail (laughs) she's like no like i did not (laughs) you know like she's definitively not like that but she can still be friends with other other women and, and girls and and you know has that desire whereas veronica doesn't doesn't quite veronica doesn't really yearn for female friendship at all 
Yeah, let's talk about that some more. Because in Veronica's case, it's cap. It's all cap. So let's go back to that pilot and all of the flashbacks of who Veronica is prior to her father's fall from grace. Veronica is that girl. She's a girl who's not rich, but she's in with the rich crowd. She's not questioning their motives, their lifestyles, how they came about their their money, their political, socioeconomic leanings, nothing. And Veronica is that girly girl. She dresses in skirts and dresses. She has long, flowy, perfect blonde tresses. Veronica's behavior is either more or less insufferable, depending on how you look at it. Because it's literally a response to trauma. It's not who she actually is. Mm. Yeah. Like she she was she was not like this before, but she went through some trauma. She was outed ousted from her social group and her friend circle. She chopped off her hair, put on some pants and a blazer, and now she's like too good. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Which is like Get okay. some therapy, sweetie. <laughs> Which will become a <laughs> that will become a the Veronica getting therapy will actually become like a thing. <laughs> like right, like the shorter Veronica's hair gets, the edgier she becomes. Okay, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. Um, but yeah, it's Cap, and that's why this character, like I said, it's either more or less insufferable based on how you look at it. In the beginning, I. I honestly, when I was watching the show as a teenager, I was like, this is kind of phony. And as an adult looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, baby, that's trauma. You need to see a therapist, see a counselor. And then then it's interesting because, um, like you said, she's like, she puts on a blazer and she she puts on a blazer and some jeans and she's like, I am above it all. (laughs) And, um, but that, that, uh, that desire or like this anger that she has for um her like the 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 rich kids at her school it and and by osmosis like the popular kids at her school it it turns again right when she's in veronica mars mode like in the later seasons like Mm -hmm. she's like oh i'm not popular like i'm not cool and then she, but then she still is like friends with all of them. She becomes friends with all of them essentially again. So it's like Veronica, like, right? What's up? What's up here? Because and this is what this is this this one issue is an issue that I didn't have a problem with then that I do have a problem with now. Veronica's morals are very very mercurial and flexible her old her goals her her aim um the the ultimately the reason why she's even doing um the work that she does all of that is very mercurial with buffy she's gonna do what she has to do even if she it, it rips her heart out to do it Right. Veronica Mars will make so many exceptions and contingencies for her friends exactly yes yes um yes yes uh and i yes because we got to talk about because that's something that i was like he and it's not in a way that like and veronica never makes exceptions in a way that's like agonizing for her and she never agonizes over those choices of like am i really the person i say i am if i make this exception just because you happen to be my friend 
she just mm-hmm. sort of like she's just she just does it and like doesn't even feel it whereas like when Buffy goes against something that is against her moral code that she does that she feels is wrong she agonizes like she is you know down bad like she's down bad like she doesn't know like she really it's hard for her and it it really um wrecks her and Veronica's just like girl you know I'm just here I'm here to slide I'm here to get that money and that would be fine if the character had like a self-awareness about it but she does it and then she and this is my chief chief problem with the show and the character but you know it's okay for Veronica and you know she'll does it if it it's gonna serve her in that moment and if she was self-aware about it it would be fine but then Weevil will do something like that and then she's like oh tisk tisk you little tisk tisk criminal criminal or if you know um or like when Wallace joins the basketball team and like he starts fitting in at school she's like tisk tisk you you shouldn't want to be popular or have friends right like, tisk t- and, and then she does it to other women she's like tisk tisk like you're how dare like she looks down on them and berates them I'm like Veronica like have you met you like be real right. sweetie so yeah let's talk about this because this goes back to what I was saying about a the trauma and b the racist way in which Weevil is written her trauma is the reason why she quote unquote doesn't want to be popular she only chose not to be popular after she she had already been kicked out of the popular crowd you didn't walk away from them sweetie they walked away from you so her, her judging wallace for gaining something that she lost was definitely projection and trauma speaking and the way she deals with weevil you know i and i said this at the opening of the episode and it's going to continue to be true she looks down on weevil even though she's constantly coming to him for help she even approaches him for help in such a way that implies that he she's doing him a favor by asking him for a favor oh yeah absolutely and it's interesting i think the show whether and i think this is unintentional i think the the show does this unintentionally but this show is very, and the Veronica Mars character to me and the show like in, in, as a whole is very representative of like a liberal, like it's just very liberal white person, like people. And like, it's an, I think it's this insight into like the liberal white, like mindset and psyche of how they act and then like how they feel like people of color should act. And I think the show reveals that very unintentionally, but it does reveal that because every interaction Veronica has with with Weevil um, in particular or other people that she's investigating that are quote unquote criminals who are usually who are for the most part people of color, um, except like the Fitzpatrick's, she understands that she needs things from them and she understands that they work in a in a space of gray, mm-hmm. um, in a hierarchy that they are for the most part just surviving in like her, but she only wants them to act how they act within her own moral purview. Like she's only comfortable with them navigating the spaces they do in the way that she deems is appropriate. Does yeah. that make sense? 
Yes, and it's not just white liberal. I want to get very specific. This is white liberal womanhood, specifically in her dealings with men. I don't see white liberal men approaching men of color the way that Veronica does. Veronica is doing all of this judgment, but she's leaning on the fact that she's a woman to get away with a lot of the shit that she gets away with. Right, because she's navigating these systems just like the rest of, like, in her, she has more, she definitely has more privilege, but there are spaces where she's navigating the same systems. Right, right. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of times uncomfortable to watch because I feel like the Veronica Mars character is unintentionally very, very hypocritical. Um... And, you know, like Rob Thomas, like I said, he said that he made he changed this young adult novel character to a television uh, uh, girl character from from boy to girl. I honestly think the show probably would have been better if he had just kept that that sleuth detective character a guy just because it would have been more honest. I don't think it would have been polarizing to teen girl audiences in the way that uh, maybe Veronica was. A lot of us loved Veronica. I really, really loved Veronica. Um, But on the rewatch, the thing that bothered me most about Veronica, like I said, besides these mercurial morals, is how Veronica interacts with other women. And I don't think, I, I really think that the Mac character was written with a willow in mind. But the problem is... Veronica Mac is Veronica's only female friend, not because Veronica has this big, epic, earth-shattering secret that needs to be protected at all times and she can't let anyone know, but because this very diminutive kind of mousy girl is the only type of woman that Veronica feels comfortable around. Right. No, that's and that's like a and that within itself has like a lot of problems. So, so give us the big, like, sort of big paint swaths of things that happen in this first season. All right, let's talk about this. So the big thing is that you have this guy named Abel Kuntz, who is um, currently imprisoned for Lily's murder. He confessed, but da, 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 he's innocent. Why would an innocent man confess? Who actually did it? Let's dig into it. Uh, like we said, Wallace Flannel, who is new to Neptune, he's kind of just like literally just moved to town in this season. He becomes Neptune High's star basketball player. Um, we meet Weevil, who is in a Latino biker gang called the PCHers. Uh, this stands for Pacific Coast Highway. We meet Mac. Uh, well, her name is Cindy McKenzie, but everyone calls her Mac. And she is the, the school's like computer genius. And like I said, she's very shy. She's very diminutive. This is actually the exact same character that Tina Majorino played in uh, Napoleon Dynamite, except she knows about computers. <laughs> uh, and uh, she becomes really close with, with Veronica because they're both on the outskirts too. The difference is uh, Mac is on the outskirts not because um, she she looks down on people, just because she's socially awkward. And she comes from a you know lower middle class family herself. Um, so uh, we have these friends and associates who help Veronica Mars. Meanwhile, um, Veronica begins this relationship with uh, Lily's 
uh, boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, Logan Eccles, who, um, who has spent a long time blaming Veronica for Lily's death and has been harassing her for a long time now. But the two of them start a, a, a relationship and credit to the writers. It doesn't feel gross and disgusting that she would be with Logan. They actually write them in such a way that you feel they're right for each other. Right. Yeah. I know. I knew going in that like Logan, it's interesting. I knew going in that Logan was like the big like fan Cause this, like I said, this show is very like lives in the cultural zeitgeist in a very big way. Still, um, I knew going in that like Logan was like the guy, like the guy, like he was like the OTP. So I was really interested to. I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm here, and um, Logan's like the worst. <laughs> Y'all yep. love these terrible white men, <laughs> white men. Um, he truly is like horrible, like the worst. But I will say that like I. I simultaneously was like, this boy is the worst, but also I understand. I get why he gets the the panties moist. Um, I know because the actor definitely has like an energy. So I'm not, I'm not mad at the girls. I'm not, I get it. But also why do you love these awful white men? <laughs> so I'm going to be real with you. Logan Eccles, similar to Logan Huntsberger, had his reasons for being terrible and they weren't like, oh, deep-seated early childhood trauma. This is like actual shit that's happening in his current life, actually, right now. He's got this girl, Lily, that he loved, that he was completely faithful to. And she had all these secrets. Then she ends up dead. Then his her best friend's father accuses Lily's father of murder. Um, he fully and completely believes that Veronica played a hand in either Lily's death or Lily's murderer getting away with it. His reasons for not liking Veronica with that in mind are legit. It's not like he's just randomly hating her for random fucking reasons, right? (laughs) Oh, no, yeah. But but with that in mind, when he opens his mind to the idea that, that, you know, this is... This mystery is just as whack as Veronica and her father have been saying this entire time, and that shit is not adding up... He actually um, starts to grow as a person because in typical rich white boy fashion, he was acting out and using his money to do so, right? But he, when he starts to get his mind around the situation, he starts to soften towards Veronica and they realized they had more in common than they think because Lily was just out here being messy and she wasn't just lying to her boyfriend, she was lying to her best friend too. She had told Veronica that she was cheating on Logan, which Veronica never said. And Veronica assumed that the person she was cheating with, which was was Eli Navarro, who Lily was also fucking. But there was a third dude she was fucking, you guys. There was a third party, or I guess in this case, a fourth party, because she was in some weird love square. There was a fourth party that no one knew about. Not Veronica, not Logan, not Weevil. And we don't know who that, we don't find out who that person is till season two, right? like the end of season two so lily had a lot of secrets and she was a very messy person and the the aftermath of that mess is that everyone in her life is turning on each other because they don't know who to trust i mean yeah and that that it's that explains like why he's awful to veronica but he's also just volatile like in how he treats other people in a way that um 
uh, or like he goes out of, and not just like he goes out of his way to treat other people in a volatile manner. Uh, that's very, that I think is very contrasted with Duncan, who even if Duncan um, doesn't necessarily like think somebody should be a part of their social circle, he's at least nice enough not to like berate people. Right. <laughs> he's just sort of like, he, he just does that very like, old money which is which is funny because he's new money but like he does that old money white thing where the, where you're just like you just need to go like you know he just doesn't acknowledge he's just like mm, which i think is far more polite and and nice you know keep your keep your mean thoughts inside whereas logan just wants to broadcast them every day to the world so let's talk about duncan really quickly so Duncan, like Logan, they're both like new money, right? Like Duncan is like a famous actor's son and Logan, uh, Logan is a famous actor's son and Duncan is a son of like a software designer. Um, his father, Jake Kane, runs Kane Industries. Um, Duncan was Ronica's first love and she was all in with this dude, head over heels for him. You know, they, they were kind of like the, the perfect a foursome right she was dating duncan her sister was his best friend her sister was dating his best friend it was all cozy right yeah it was all cozy until her father accused jay kane of murdering his own daughter and then duncan dumped her expeditiously <laughs> which like listen i'm not like i'm not mad yeah. at it i'm not mad at it what you're not gonna do is tear up my family while we're grieving sis <laughs> we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that and you know what ultimately he was right to stand by his daddy because his daddy didn't do it his daddy he didn't, didn't do it Shout um, out to duncan he did um do a lot of things that were shady and looked like guilt in the light like it looked funny in the light if you don't know what his motivations are right Right. But he did not kill his daughter, and he did not conspire with anyone else to kill his daughter either. Um, so the the situation here is that Veronica, even though she's judging this rich cause, she's still very much in love with Duncan and would like to repair their relationship. But as she digs deeper into this mystery, finding out who killed Lily and why Abel confessed to something he didn't do. She gets closer and closer to Logan. And we see that volatile Logan Eccles, as volatile as he is, um, he's got a lot more heart than a lot of these other rich uh, kids in his circle, Duncan included. Like, he's he's ready to, like, self-reject and make himself the pariah just so he could sleep at night. Because he's still torn up over this Lily thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. And listen, I, I, I respect. And like I said, you know, I guess it's, it's just something about white boys named Logan. What are you <laughs> gonna do? He has an, and like, like he has an energy. The actor's very great. He has like a really great energy. So, um, how does this first season end? So, um, Veronica finally finds the identity of the murderer, and, um. T- this show has a lot of red. The, the episode has a, a bunch of red herrings. Like they really want to throw us off so, so bad. Um, um, but she and her father finally find the identity of, of this murder or who they believe to be the murderer anyway. And, um, and that's kind of like the big cliffhanger. Like, what are we going to do with this information now? Um, 
But uh, not only that, um, the season ends with Veronica's mother, Leanne, returning home from rehab. We never really talked about Veronica's mom. And I spent most of season one thinking that her father was a widower. But yeah, her mom's alive and well and fresh out of rehab. Yeah, and she she comes to to like re rejoin the family. So first season, um, good, bad, or basic? Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna give the season one a good. I think teenage me would have given it like, oh, it's excellent, but it's just good. It's just good. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, you know, I <laughs> I'm actually gonna give it a good too. I even though. I have, like, a lot, I think there are, like, I think for what it is, it's good. Like, for what it is, it's good. Not for what it's trying to be, because it's trying to be a lot of things. But for what it is, it's good. Right, right, right. Um, And so let's talk about season two and like how i said veronica's the core of burst of, of veronica's personality is shaped by trauma and a lot of her quote-unquote principles are capped season two she's back with logan her and logan are dating again she's accepted by uh this crowd the o-niners um again um, her private eye life is completely like taking a back burner. She's, she's, uh, and, and, um, she can't fully assimilate back into this crowd. Um, but like she's in the in crowd again and we see how this creates conflict with her character, like not moral turmoil, but just conflict because she's kind of living a double life. Right. She's trying to, like, she's reconciling, um, who, I mean, she's, she's attempting to, I guess, reconcile what she, what her quote unquote beliefs are with what she actually is, is about. Um, she also has like a new after school job. She's a waitress. Cause you know, private eye and got really dangerous as it is which is why like I don't under quite understand her dad her dad's is always like very chill a- about her just doing whatever but I'm like this is kind of like a, a dangerous job <laughs> like <laughs> um but yeah yeah um this season this season two actually has the best drama like insofar as like like drama that involves the whole cast right um we have a new character called jackie cook she's played by tessa thompson and she quickly becomes wallace's girlfriend yes Um, you remember when tessa thompson used to be like a upn uh, wb girl because i do i only remember her from on being on veronica mars i don't remember her from any other show hidden palms hidden palms hive stand up i never watched hidden palms (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry y'all i never watched hidden palms clearly rob thompson rob thomas likes her or the casting the casting department likes her because if she was on hidden palms and he worked on that as well i'm guessing they really like her um Uh, yeah she was there was a couple of cw shows that tessa thompson like showed up on during this time uh, Veronica Mars is one. Hidden Palms is one. Hidden Palms is actually like a Kevin Williamson joint. Uh, Kevin Williamson, 
Dawson's Creek Vampire Diaries, and uh, and then there's like one other one, and then she never showed up on that network again. She gra- she graduated. She was like, I can do better than this. <laughs> right. So there's two overarching mysteries this season, but there's like l- many little, little ones scattered throughout. But there's two big ones. A school bus full of students from Neptune High plunges off a cliff. Everyone on board dies. Veronica has to figure out why the school bus bus crashed. Whether it was intentional, it was accidental, if it was a malfunction. Like, what was going on? Also, Logan is accused of murder. Yes. He's accused of killing um, this guy named Felix Toombs, who is in the same PCH biker gang as Weevil. And when Weevil becomes convinced that Logan is, in fact, innocent... Now, as we mentioned, he is tyrannical. He is a, a mini terrorist. He flies off the handle. So this looks like something he might do. But when Weevil becomes convinced that he's innocent, he and Weevil team up to try to prove Logan's innocence. Um, right. Weevil's like a really good person and actually a really good friend to Logan. I actually like their friendship because it was pretty much the only thing about Weevil that wasn't stereotypical. Um, but he's a really good friend to Logan. Um, early in season one, when we realized that Weevil had been sleeping with Lily and Logan sees a tattoo on his arm that says Lily. And he asks like, what's up? Why do you have my ex's name on your arm? He lies and tells Logan that that's his sister's name. Right. He, you know, yeah. Just to yeah. protect his feelings. Like, just, just protect for his no feelings. Reason. Yeah. Because Lily's dead. We don't have to protect her anymore, right? right? And we know Weevil could beat Logan's ass if he had to. But no, he just lies to protect Logan's feelings. And they actually become um, a, a really good team. Um, but so those are the two mysteries. And the, the apparently the, the Weevil and Logan mystery was written to kind of like take a little load off of Kristen Bell's plate because... The the first season was actually really really um draining for her, like she was seriously burnt out, and and I think because of that, season two is written in such a way that we get a broader scope of some of these characters' inner world, and it ended up being I think a good thing. Uh, season two is yeah I think the the plot diversions and like the bolstering up of like um the the having to create sort of other stories for these other characters, namely Weevil and Logan and um and this other plot to try to prove Logan's innocence was ultimately a good thing. I think what made it suffer was that it seemed like the show didn't know how to structure it all. Because there were times in the second season that I was watching this where I felt like this shit feel kind of feels like random or out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. And I don't know. I don't know why that is. It, it didn't feel like all the way. It, and knowing that context that like Kristen Bell was like, this is a bit too much. I need um, some relief feels um I think helps really contextualize that because that's kind of how like some of the writing when, when we bolster up these other characters, it feels, it feels like they had to like figure some shit out last minute. And they're like, okay, like these are some other stories that like don't have to involve Kristen Bell. Like here they are, but none of them, 
I think are as cohesive as like that first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, there, there is a lack of cohesion. I will give you this. Um, especially when new characters are introduced. Um, now with the characters we have, like we said, there's a Logan, uh, the mystery that Logan and Weevil are trying to solve of who killed Felix Toomes. Um, this season, like I said, um, Wallace gets a girlfriend and he also discovers that his biological father is alive. So that was like, a um, you know, an interesting take where we try to make him a little bit richer. And then we introduced, uh, Dick and Beaver Casablancas, who apparently have always been here according to the dialogue, but yeah. we <laughs> saw them until season two. <laughs> that was a, that was a curveball. I was like, okay, show. <laughs> right. So Dick and Cassidy Casablancas, Cassidy better known as Beaver, are brothers. Um, there's like a one year age gap between them and they're Neptune high. And they're kind of like in that same social circle as Duncan and Logan. Um, but they're old money. They're like, my family came here during the gold rush money. <laughs> Mm. they behave in the way that you would you would imagine charisma carpenter guest stars on this season is kendall casablancas who is their new stepmother who they believe to be a gold digger and who later ends up having a brief dalliance with logan right yeah so all of that happens a, a few other things that happened this season is that Rob Thomas, I think, made a choice that was a really great choice, a really brave choice, and a choice that a lot of writers wouldn't have made. He gets rid of the Duncan character. He's like, I'm tired of the Logan-Veronica-Duncan love triangle. This has run its course, so get rid of Duncan. And I think he was the right one to get rid of if you're going to get rid of somebody in that triangle, number one, because his relationship with Veronica had also run its course. They had been together for a couple years before he had dumped her. There's a lot of things in the mix. And in this season, uh, um, or at the end of the last season, uh, she he gets another girl pregnant. Um, so this season, they get rid of him and his daughter. And the way they do this is that um, in season one, we find out that Lily was killed by Logan's father, who she was also messing with. She was cheating on her boyfriend with some other guy and his own father. Um, Lily just got around, honey. Like, I guess she was just... Lily was really trying to work something out. But she broke the number one rule of creeping. You never, ever, 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 ever threaten your side piece with anything. That's true. She threatened to expose that man like he didn't have the pull to get her guy. Rookie mistake. Rookie Rookie mistake. mistake. But this season, um, after Veronica helps uh, Duncan get his daughter, she also manages to locate where, you know, whatever rock Logan's father was hiding under. And he sends the the trustworthy Kane family hitman to take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, imagine having so much money that you have like, a valet that does everything for you like they schedule your appointments they book your vacations they kill your enemies it's all good it's all good um but yeah so they get rid of duncan i'm not mad at it at all at all i think duncan ran his course um but one thing i didn't like is that they also got rid of wallace's girlfriend jackie 
Um, we discover this season that she was sent here because she became a teen mom. She had a baby and her family decided they were going to raise her baby and sent her to Neptune to have a fresh start um, without any distractions, um, namely boy distractions. This is a plot line that's actually was surprising to me because it's one that's given to white girls often, right? Like, if you have the baby in the summer, you'll have the baby out of state and then just come back to school like nothing happened. Or if you have the baby during the school season, your family will raise the baby and ship you off to go live with some aunt or uncle or grandma. (laughs) Right, right. So I was really surprised that a black girl's family was going to be like, no, you you need a fresh start and fresh opportunities. Gone. See about you. Um, but Jackie eventually decides to go back home to her baby and like be a mom. Yeah. Or you know, yeah. Tessa Thompson's like, I'm good. And yeah, it's um, it's fine. It happens. It's a thing that happens. Um, in that in that second season. Um, second season is interesting. Oh, you know what hit me like a a a, fr- a, a freight train was Michael Sarah showing up in the second season. Listen, um, wasn't this, pre- yeah, this was definitely prior to Superbad. Yeah, so I was like, wow, okay. this show really is 2002, because, like, that is. <laughs> yeah, it, um, season two, uh, they deviated, and for the most part, I feel like the deviations worked in the show's favor and making the show feel a little bit richer. Yeah, you know, yeah, the de- their deviations, they work. But I do think this is where we start to see, like, the crack in the show's foundation in terms of cohesiveness, in terms of, like, these beats, these emotional and, like, plot beats really, like, landing in the way that they need to, which I already thought was was uh, an issue from first season, to like, already. And it, I think it becomes more pronounced in the second season. But it's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are cracks in the foundation, and those cracks definitely get wider in season three. But yeah, let's let's talk about uh season two grade, good, bad, or basic. I think it for me, it's I'm I put it on like a good minus. Um, I'm Just, gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a good for me. Yeah. Um, like I said, for me, that good minus happens because of like these new kids, like like you said, Dick and oh my god. Beaver. <laughs> yeah dick and beaver and like i'm just supposed to like accept the uh like that they've been here this whole time apparently i like you know seeing tessa thompson and like that story play out that was nice let's talk about season three so season three also introduces new people parker lee and piz his name is yeah. his name is stosh piznarski first of all what were y'all thinking that name does not roll off the tongue so um. so when they introduce Piz at the, the, so uh, the big rule is like when shows are introducing like too many new characters too fast it means they're scrambling it means they're struggling it, yeah. like it's definitive and this show is no different <laughs> No, that's real. That's valid. And like I said, I'm not mad at Beaver and Dick Casablancas, even though they were like late, not late, but you know, uh, they weren't even like transfer kids. They were like, oh, we've been here all along. So that was weird, but they didn't, I don't think they ruined the existing storyline, if that makes sense. Um, they kind of fell right into that, that mold of like the wealthy Neptune white boy. Um, 
But Piz was actually a character that was invented so that Veronica could have a middle class male friend rather than the upper class ones um, that, that, that she was dealing with throughout the show. And his character was originally intended to be a friend. So when she starts dating Piz, the, we never get behind it. The chemistry is it's dry, you guys. It's dry. I never see it for her and Piz. Yeah, um, it's like they're it's they're just there, and I and I hate that because I really like that. I always enjoy that actor, the actor who plays Piz. I don't know his name, but Chris I he's Lowell? yeah, Chris what? Chris Lowell. Okay, yeah, Chris Lowell. I always enjoy Chris Lowell when I see him. I always think he he has like a he has just like a good presence, and so watching him sort of you know having to do this is was hard. Right. One thing that they do write in the third season, however, is they upgrade Don Lamb, the new sheriff, as well as Mac, to season regulars, which should have happened last season, honestly. Right. Because they were very integral characters. Mac was doing a lot of major things. Um, But this season begins with them at college, which also, for a lot of shows that start in high school, is also like the beginning of the end. I'm going to be real with y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys don't know how to do this correctly. You just don't. So all of them, uh, Veronica, Logan, Wallace, Mac, and Dick Casablancas are at Hearst College. His brother Beaver won't be joining them because we found out at the end of season two that Cassidy Casablancas is Veronica's rapist. So these, this crew, these five are the ones that are at, at Hearst College. But like... All of you are at different socioeconomic and intellectual brackets. I find it hard to believe that you all would get into the same school and that all five of you would want to be there. <laughs> right. Yes. That was a big, yeah. The co- like, yeah. The the high school to college transition on, on high school shows are always really difficult. I really think that shows fare best when they end as college begins. Shout out to Malcolm in the Middle for knowing when to throw in the towel instead of letting themselves just fade into obscurity by forcing college seasons. Um, Or if they begin in college, shout out to Felicity. That was a college drama that literally started the day of Felicity's high school graduation. So we didn't, we weren't, we weren't messing with, oh, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school, still living with your parents ash drama. (laughs) Oh, this, yes, this is what I was going to say. So I think there's an oppor- there was an opportunity here, like, as Veronica was transitioning into college, like, to just give the... Since, like, this show, like, I felt like already, like, was in, like, a sort of weird place at the end of that second season, just give the show a hard reboot, right? College mm-hmm. provides that opportunity because it's a new place, new things you can you can like hard reboot the show um and oh and then have and then any characters that like we really love like that you were actually doing something with like logan um really logan was the only one like then they can come back into this they can come into this new college situation but yeah why not just give give a Give the give the show give Veronica give Veronica Mars a hard reboot. She's in a new place, new friends, new problems. Let her like let 
like, you know, retool the world so that, like, we can rediscover the world. I don't think that would have been a bad idea. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I would have been mad at Veronica and Wallace um, and Mac, just the three of them, being in the same college, maybe in another state. And um, then we can get a deeper dive into those two's interpersonal life. And it's just like the Scooby gang. It would give me more Buffy energy that way. Mm-hmm. Or if it was just Veronica and Logan still in Neptune. Um, and maybe he's become an unofficial private eye by this time as well. Right. right. Um, either either of those options feels good to me. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's Veronica, Logan, Wallace, Mac, and Dick who kind of just kind of like forced their his friendship on everybody. <laughs> right. And I think he's there to be like funny, like. <laughs> I guess in the way that, but I don't know. I never felt it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of low key tragic because you, it's very clear that he and his brother are dealing with a lot of pain, his brother much more openly than he was. Um, And he just kind of like numbs himself by being like the comedic relief in all of his friend circles and going surfing and getting wasted. Um, This character is absolutely a trope. But um, I'm just glad that uh, um, we didn't spend too much time on him because he was really like he was heavy into uh, rich, white, undersupervised male uh, stereotype category. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitively, definitively. So in this first season or in this third season, excuse me, we have a serial rapist on campus, which is a storyline that started at the end of season two. There's a serial rapist moving through this campus. Um, There's also a murderer. um, um, And that the murder mystery starts when the rapist is um, discovered. Um, And then Veronica's dad starts having an affair with a client of his who is married we get a little bit more on Wallace. He's struggling to balance sports and school because now he is playing college sports, which, um, spoiler alert, is the most exploitative form of sports in existence. <laughs> Shout out to oh, the Wallace. <laughs> um, yeah, like college sports are super exploitative. Um, go read about that if you don't know anything about that. Um but I always find it mm, not funny, haha, but funny, like, mm, that Wallace is sort of originally brand, uh, not branded, but sort of set up to be like um, this, like, I in the pilot, he's... He's like reading a con- he's reading comic books and like he works at the store and then like you know he's uh uh he's like taped to the flagpole and then he's like a computer nerd and then the show's like I don't know just put Wallace in sports because like you know we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> okay, but like we stand a multi-dimensional king. He's every nigga. It's all. <laughs> It's just like they're clearly going for like it's like somebody under it's like somebody in, in the first season understood like like black nerddom and then like they left maybe because they probably 
were not feeling like the weevil treatment. And then the white writers were like, I don't know, just like, what do black kids do? And they're like, I don't know, sports? Like, <laughs> like, but anyway, um, yeah, Wallace is, is playing sports, which is exploitative. We see that weevil is, uh, I guess, attempting to go to go straight. He's like a cable repair dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, his record is so extensive and his academic record is, like, so non-existent that, like, going straight is hard for him. And we don't talk about this enough how, like, even for non-violent offenses, um, we kind of make it impossible for um, uh, ex-cons to make a living wage. Right. And I mean, this is something and I guess this is, this is something that the show kind of touches on about and that you're bringing up. The show kind of touches on this and I think it tries to speak to it. But like most social, I think, issues on that are on Veronica Mars, it always like they either like forget about it or it lands in a strange way. But the show does try to speak to this idea of like how the sort of how Weevil doing what he has to do to survive in the system he's in incurs these, uh, incurs like these, you know, Juvie and Damaris, and then how that really wrecks him for the rest of his life. Meanwhile, Logan can be like arrested for murder <laughs> and be like, and then like go off to school and be fine. Okay, but he they, he was cleared of them charges. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it, like it matters, but also like, um, Logan did a lot. Like, even beyond just like uh, Logan being cleared of the charges, Logan did a lot of really volatile, fucked up shit, and Not, he yeah, should have gotten. He's got anger management problems, and the, the but the difference is not what that he was arrested for the murder because you know he was he was innocent of that. It's the fact that if he were a brown boy who behaved the way Weevil would behave, they would have a record just as long. Just right. that anger, he would have been arrested. He would have been kicked out of school. He would have been expelled. Right, and and I guess that's what I'm I'm trying to get at. It's like it's it's, and I think it like I I don't I think Veronica Mars does this very unintentionally but like it's it's jarring it's like wow like that is you know systemic racism (laughs) like that that's how this all works is that you can have two boys um who uh aren't I mean aren't even the same right because Logan has an anger like you said Logan has an anger problem and is completely volatile whereas Weevil is very Weevil is doing what he has to do to survive and Weevil is a very smart calculated person like he doesn't really do things off of his emotions anything he does he's doing it for a reason and a purpose and how those two things incur wildly different consequences and how now weevil is in a place where his entire future is stuck in Logan can just kind of la-di-da into college and, and be fine and, and do whatever. Right. And I think that this is a point that the show, uh, those points were made unintentionally, but there's some points that the show failed to make that could have shed some light on this. And it's that when white people, particularly white men, 
who have kind of branded themselves as neutral and logical, right? When they act out, a lot of us automatically assume that there's a good reason for that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when a a white a, a brown person or a black person commits a crime, our first instinct is that they are just um, it's just in their nature to be criminal or to be dishonest, right? Right. And this is something, this is a, a trap that Veronica falls into even more than Logan. I feel that Veronica judges Weevil much more harshly than Logan does. She um, absolutely does. She absolutely does, you guys. And it's, it's, um, it doesn't, it's not a lost on me that because she is adjacent to law enforcement and her father was in law enforcement and they did find Lily Kane's murderer, um, she could have done a lot to help, um, uh, a weevil on the legal side of things, like vouching for him. Um, right. There's a lot for, for all that, that he did for her. <laughs> right. And there's, and not only that, the, the connections that she leverages with law enforcement, because they, her and her dad are still friends with, with the sheriff and, and all the, that sort of stuff in the town, all the things that she does to, and that she leverages her connections for Logan, like she and sort of puts herself out. She doesn't do for Weevil. And now that I'm sort of speaking it out loud, you're right. It's so liberal white womanhood. It is like the epitome because so. all of, all of the grace and all of the empathy and all of the, you're in a bad spot and I'm going to help you energy and, and actions that she takes towards Logan um, there's none of that for Weevil. There's so like, there's, there's not there. It's, it's not there. It's just like, well, you're, you, you, well, you did the crime. Now you got to do the time Weevil, which is like, what? Right. And she does it for Logan too. I mean, not Logan. She does it for Duncan too, in a major way. She, she literally, does. she doesn't just help Logan out of a tight spot. Like she doesn't just help Duncan out of a tight spot like she does with Logan and help clear his name for something he didn't do. She actively facilitates Duncan committing a crime. Right. Like, sis. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's uh, for me, I really feel like Veronica is white woman, white liberal womanhood, which in a lot of ways where men of color are concerned is so much more detri- detrimental than white male liberals could be. Right. And I and it's interesting. And I always. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's just it's a, it's interesting to think about. Um, another interesting, I think, episode in season three is the the sort of feminist like the feminists are evil episode spit and eggs (laughs) yeah um why am i not surprised that it was the creator himself rob thomas who wrote and directed that one i listen it has his energy written all over it (laughs) and it, it just has big white man energy all over it and it doesn't um beyond veronica and it doesn't escape me that Veronica who demonizes these women too, like uh that the women that she's demonizing are all women of color. They're black and brown women. Yeah, Veronica's not really here for me too. She's more like me only. Yeah, me only. She's like, it's sad that I got raped. 
And it's sad that there's a serial rapist, but mm, like, am I going to examine the larger systems of which this is allowed to take place and how this is like affecting all women? Not particularly. <laughs> right. The only good thing about this episode is that Mac comes back. Um, we hadn't seen her in the beginning of the season, um, even though she's supposed to be at Hearst College with them because she was filming Big Love at the time. Oh, right. Which right. Amanda Seyfried was also on. So they, <laughs> they, they, did, they just dipped out and went where the money was. Um, <laughs> but she came back this season. And um, this episode in particular, the way it's shot, you mentioned earlier about the way the show is shot and how jarring it is. We talked in a private conversation and I compared it to uh, a cross between the way Brick, the movie, and The Shield, the TV series, were shot. And yeah. this episode really brought that to the forefront. There's a particular scene where Veronica is like grabs a toy unicorn to defend herself. That scene was had 27 different angles. I'm not making up that number. <laughs> like it's so much, <laughs> and it ne- and it never feels like it's like a about. An- I think it's so much, and then it's not about anything. Like it doesn't like. Um, make any clear to me like the power dynamics or who's jockeying for status in the way that really good directing um, I think does uh, It's it feels like it's just there to be there yeah it, it really does um, this season of Veronica Mars is the season that I would classify as fail demonstrably bad um this is not why this season ended now this was supposed to be the definitive last season they knew that going in which is why it was only given 20 episodes as opposed to 22 and there was supposed to be a whole arc and then rob thomas wanted to follow this with a movie the movie didn't happen for a long long time but this was supposed to be like the final thing and i'm like Bro, you knew this was going to be your final season. Why would you let it be this discombobulated? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So let's, like, let's talk about the eventual, what happened, like, the, the, the post third season before we get into this movie and then the fourth. So it, um, it, like, the show was canceled. UPN canceled the show. A, another part of why... Uh, another part of why um, the show ultimately got the axe is that UPN and WB were merging and transitioning into CW. And on the new slate, on the new CW slate, the president felt like the show wasn't... Uh, it was it didn't fit in with like what they were envisioning for CW, um, and you know they're right. If you look at what CW is now, like <laughs> Veronica Mars wouldn't be at home like on a on a CW, maybe on a free form, like with some changes, but definitely uh, not on the CW. But it was extremely extremely beloved. Veronica Mars is one of those shows that. Uh, I think like Roswell, like the Vampire Diaries, like Buffy um, is, you know, the fans are our stands. Like they were the first inc- incarnation of like what it truly means 
to be a stan because then Rob Thomas, uh, like, I remember, like, Rob Thomas wanted to finish off the story with the movie, right? And um, the fans got it funded. Like, this was in the, like, this was in the days where, like, Kickstarter was, like, brand new. Like, so I remember he, like, he started a Kickstarter for the Veronica Mars movie. and, And I, from that, like, got it done. Which... I think it's really exploitative to ask, like, regular people to fund, like, not, when you're Rob Thomas level, like, you're a tried and true proven, like, creator, I think it's exploitative to ask, like, fans of, like, one of your properties to, like, fund your movie, but, um, but it did, and it happened, and then we got the Veronica Mars movie. Yeah, so let's talk about, uh, first of all, what's your grade for season three? Season three is, it's, it's, it's like basic minus to me. Okay. So let's talk about this movie. So this, the third season ended in 2007, um, which was two years before we got to hear Kristen's voice again on Gossip Girl. I believe in this interim, she was also like a supporting character on Heroes. Cause I remember her from that series. Yeah. NBC's Heroes. But the seven years after the third season, we got a Veronica Mars movie. He finally got his little budget together, blah, blah, blah. So the movie takes place. It, it, it happens seven years after the, the third season, but the movie is set nine years after the third season. So um, Veronica Mars is in New York. She's just graduated from Columbia. She's about to take the bar because she went to law school. She hasn't done any spy type stuff for a minute. She's still with incredibly boring, lukewarm, no chemistry having Piz. Um, And she's uh, interviewing for a job at a very prestigious law firm when she's contacted by Logan. Logan is now a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy, but because he's volatile... And he was caught being uh, belligerent, not physically, but like verbally to uh, on camera. He has been accused of murdering his recently deceased girlfriend, Carrie Bishop, who is a pop star under the name Bonnie DeVille. And he is has tons of offers, offers of representation because he has money, you know, not not from the Navy. They don't pay nobody. But he always he has family money. Um so he he asked Veronica to help him pick a lawyer. She comes back to Neptune and things unfold from there. She goes to help Logan. She steals that she sees that Neptune is still corrupt as hell. Um and uh the new sheriff, Dan Lamb, younger brother of Don Lamb, is really letting the corruption run amok. Right. Which yeah. What do we think of the movie? Um the movie That's a very good question. <laughs> so the movie, the movie is what made me realize how ugly the show was, like, from an aesthetic point. Right? No, but, like, seriously. <laughs> because I was willing, like, I was willing to forgive it on a TV show because I really don't care about, like, I, I love a great shot in a TV show. Don't get me wrong. I just don't care when the shots are not beautiful. Like, it, it doesn't bother me either way. I'm either very for it or very neutral. A movie, though, if that movie's not gorgeous from start to finish, keep it. Keep like, it. and it's like, and I don't mind the movie because, like, and see, that's the thing. It's like, 
I think, like, I, when you can make a beautiful movie, like, obviously that's an achievement within and of itself, but I don't necessarily need a movie or a TV show to be beautiful. I just need it to be watchable. And I felt like the Veronica Mars movie was the first thing that was, like, watchable. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, like, I can watch, like, yes, okay, we're doing this. This is fine. <laughs> because there's just so much uh, about the Veronica Mars show that is just so, like, listen, if you told, if you had told me that, like, on the Veronica, like, a lot of TV directors, their their absolute first time directing anything on any sort of professional scale was like Veronica Mars, the TV show. I would believe you. I, that is how like crazy that show looks to me. It's giving you student project energy. It's giving me big student film energy. Like, like, and not even like just graduated from NYU. This is my first job. I'm so excited energy. It's like, no, like this is my like assignment that I'm turning in energy, (laughs) which is why it was really yikes for me. Like, I just, I was like, Oh God, like I I can't, but, um, the movie to me was watchable. The movie's fine. It's just fine. In terms of the content of it, it's like, it's clearly like something for the fans. This is what I thought was strange. Is that like they, and inconsistent is that like, Suddenly, the movie felt like and the movie, and then the subsequent like fourth season, felt like they were recategorizing what Neptune was. It's like they didn't remember their show. Mm, yes, <laughs> they were like, because it's established in the show that like it's a, it's just there's a big like income inequality, like wealth gap, and mm-hmm. then like in the movie. And then the fourth season, they're like, oh, no, it's like being gentrified. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. Um, Yeah, they don't. They don't remember the show. Um, Grievances with the movie. Her and Pizza's relationship would not have lasted nine years because they have no chemistry. (laughs) Think so? Because I think it would have. Like, that part was believable to me. They have no chemistry. They have no chemistry. Yeah, but... they're about as they're about as as hot as the shower water in winter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they um, other grievances with the movie. Um, Veronica is still doing the I'm not like other girls thing. Um, Veronica's pantsuits were poorly tailored. The fans raised enough money for you to get her suits tailored, Rob. Um, other grievances. Eli Navarro goes back to a life of crime after playing it straight for like a long time. After he's accused of a crime he doesn't commit, uh, he hasn't committed. He eventually goes back to being a criminal. Um, I didn't like how the 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 movie would not allow him to really grow and have like a real character arc. Um, yeah, that and it's the the way it's shot is like visually ugly yeah you know that was give me technicolor damn (laughs) and that was another thing it felt like the show the movie um the movie's politics like the politics did not get any better yeah and veronica is still that like a high school misfit trying to be above it all. It's it's and this character, this type of character actually has a deep roots in TV and cinema. One of my favorite iterations of it 
is oh gosh what is her name i don't remember the character's name but clea duvall's character from the faculty yeah yeah it's one of my favorite iterations of this it can be done in a way where the character's not insufferable but yes the girl who's on the outskirts so she's kind of like looking down on the people who are rejecting her is a very common trope that veronica should have outgrown by now you're grown sweetie right but she's still she's still doing it so so the yeah so like you said i think the thing in the movie is like logan's accused of murder again which this is something that keeps happening to him and he's uh, a good one to finger though if we're being honest because he'd be angry and he'd just be saying whatever comes out of his mouth in public at that but by now like logan's grown up like in the movie logan has logan has grown veronica hasn't but logan sure as fuck has and he was looking good in that uniform listen uh logan's grown up and he's he's and yeah he's grown up and he's not like a good person but you know he is the boyfriend so like the rules are yeah that the boyfriend did it but he did not do it and veronica helps him once again clear his name and can we talk very briefly about the accusation in and of itself yeah so logan is recorded at a party with his ex and a bunch of her friends and he says something in the vein of you're gonna end up dead um hanging around with these people that's what he says and somehow this is classified as a threat on her life am i the only person who clearly read it as this is a bad crowd i think no i think you're supposed to i think because it i think you're it's up it's up to and i think that's the point they write it that way that it's up to interpretation that some people would interpret it as like he's making a threat and then some people would interpret it as like no he's just saying that um you're running with a bad crowd but like he's a military white man like people like in real life they would have interpreted it as like he's just saying she's running with a bad crowd right i mean which is not to say that y'all are a safe crew to choose as partners because god knows military partners no like yeah military partners are well sometimes even in the video like he yes his voice is raised but he's not like screaming at her the way that you would if it was like a threat and he actually looks at the camera so he's aware that it's there when he's talking so like yeah i really feel like um people do such a lazy job of investigative work in neptune and obviously they don't know this dude's history of beating charges (laughs) right <laughs> like there's never it's never been a charge he couldn't beat <laughs> never it, it, just, it won't stick to him it's never it gonna stick. stick to him but then it ends with you know his and veronica break up because she's you know still committed to to neptune and then um veronica and logan hook back up again and then we have the fourth season. So is the movie good, bad, or basic? I'm going to give the movie, like, other than the way it's filmed, which is a crime to my eyes, it's good. Yeah, you know, for once again, for what it is, which is like a love letter to the fans, it's it's fine. It's good. 
Right. Um, so let's get into season four, final season of Veronica Mars. This season came out 12 years after the third season ended, five years after the movie. Let's get it. Let's Veronica get it, Mars friends. is home. She's home. Now, this was this was on Hulu, okay? This is the streaming era. So I know 20, 22 episodes. You're getting eight. Eight. You're getting eight. Better be happy with that. <laughs> Better live with it. You got eight episodes. Make it do what it do. Period. So for me, this is like, if the original Veronica Mars was Rob Thomas trying to like answer a call to to be Buffy without uh, the supernatural shit, season four of Veronica Mars to me is like, in which Rob, to me is like, in which Rob Thomas tries to write Breaking Bad. <laughs> like a Veronica Mars version of Breaking Bad, which is uh, interesting. He did. And he actually got some heavy hitters. He had Patton Oswald on that season. Clifton Collins Jr. is on that season. Um, and uh, this is, was also the first time I saw that Kirby um, Howell Baptiste, she went on to be in the first season of Killing Eve, and she's also on the first season of Why Women Kill. Um, th- so he really got some people that were like household names, or they were really, really like coming out the gate really hot to make this work. The Eli Navarro character, Weevil, he was brought back. Um, uh, Veronica's ex, Leo D'Amato, the 20 something that she was dating back in season two. He's back in the mix as well. Um, yeah, a lot of things happen. And I really feel like they were trying to make this like a real ass crime drama. Breaking Bad is a hard crime drama, but it does do these really interesting tonal shifts um, that where like there are these comedic elements that are happen, happen that there are these comedic elements that will happen within the this these really horrific dramatic things, but it nails it in a way that's very sophisticated. It nails those beats in a way that's very sophisticated. And just like I think season one and season two are reaching for like the same Veronica Mars are reaching for that like Buffy quality as well. Cause Buffy does this too, where like it's uh, it's a horror comedy and it's a drama. Veronica Mars is reaching for that season, either three or four of breaking bad. That's, you know, having these really weird tonal shifts. But once again, it's like, he can't nail the beats. And it's, and like, that to me makes it annoying to watch. Like, like, I'm just like, I would rather you just make it a straight drama um, and get rid of this comedic element that you keep trying to reach for that like, you you can't nail the beats for. Like, it really hurts me, honestly. Mm. Mm. I mean, listen, um... I really don't have anything more to add to that. <laughs> like it, like I, cause I was right. Cause it, and, and it's hard because like, you think it's, it, it is like, I, and like, there was a part of me that felt a really big relief. Like when she, like when her voiceover, when the score is starting and like, you know, we see these shots, by the way, like this is the most watchable visually the season, like season. And I'm like, Oh good. They're going to transition into like, this straight drama, like, I'm gonna, it's gonna be, I love it, like, we're gonna really go full neo-noir, like, let's get moody, I'm ready, and then it's, like, there's this weird dialogue things that happen, (laughs) and, like, there are, like, these weird comedic elements with, um, 
the two cartel guys and like just like Breaking Bad and I'm like oh no make this stop why yeah it's annoying it's very annoying it is what it is but we start off with uh Veronica and she's out here and she's in in Neptune which has now been rebranded as like not a, a city as like a place that's like being gentrified somehow um and she is doing her P.I. thing that she does. And um, she's not particularly happy. And her father's kind of worried about her. But she's grown up now. And um, her man is back. And child, shout out to this actor. Like, he's looking good. Logan is looking very good. Yeah, we like it. We love to see it. Um like yeah we really love to see it love to see it and he um he's back and he asks her to marry him and she was like seriously i mean but like why wouldn't he y'all been on and off again since high school is this not a good time right and that's actually the point that he makes he's like we've been doing this for a while now He's like, you know, we're in a committed relationship uh, f- for a, a while, like a, a long time. So like, this is this is normal, Veronica. And she's like, is it? Is it? Yeah. What we're not gonna do is act like Logan is jumping the gun, sweetie. <laughs> not by a long shot. Um, and she's and just. just- She's just weird. And, and and like you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you because I'm going to let you talk. But like, but like you said, like something that's annoying is that like everyone, and I guess maybe, and I don't, and this is, I don't know if the show did this intentionally or if it's just something that happened, but like, if this is like the ethos for the, the driving idea for the, the, the fourth season, but, um, Everyone, but like you said, like Veronica is still the same person, but everyone else has like grown up and it's, and that is like very apparent, like in this fourth season, because one of, when Veronica turns down Logan's proposal, he's very like, you know, he, he, he's very mature about it. He's like, okay, well, that sucks because I love you and I really want to do this. But if that's your answer, then that's fine. She's basically angry that he's not still the same volatile teenager. Mm-hmm. She wants to, she wants toxic Logan, which, which honestly says so much about her. <laughs> and listen, it really hurt me when Logan was like, I've worked on myself. Cause and she, and that's another thing she makes fun of him for going to therapy and sorting out his issues. Listen, it was so ugly. It was, it was so ugly. So ugly. She's like, you know, I went to therapy and I talked to Jane and I have worked really hard to have like get control over my anger issues and not be that person. I don't like the person that person who's super angry and that angry volatile kid like it frightens me when I get back to that place like 
I, Logan, am frightened by that person. And so for you to, like, want that or, like, when you feel like it's hot, like, when he comes out, like, that's not what I want to be doing. Like, I don't know. I was like, whew. Mm. It's so interesting to me that she, like, you you know, like we said, he does, he's done all this work and he becomes less attractive to her because... When he was the hot-tempered, hot-headed Logan, she was constantly chastising this character. She was talking about how difficult it was to be with him because he was always in some bullshit. But clearly, you liked it. You liked him being in some mess. You liked him being in some drama. And you liked the to have the moral high ground of being the one to clean it up. And not only that, like, why are we making fun of him for going to therapy when you desperately need it yourself? When you need it. Desperately, <laughs> Veronica. <laughs> I am, I'm perplexed. I'm befuddled. I'm, I'm alarmed. I'm alarmed. Okay. And the last season, this does Logan so dirty, you guys. He oh, and Veronica, yeah. He and Veronica eventually do get married. And then he's immediately killed in a car bomb. Which I'm all about, like... And they do, they kill him because, like, it then finally propels the Veronica Veronica character to, one, go to therapy, to, like, examine and make a commitment to repair her trauma for good, and then, three, stop being a PI, which was, like, something she was good at, but wasn't something that wasn't necessarily good for her. Um like like mentally health wise and in another context I would get it but in like in another context like I would get it because like this is what happens to women characters all the time like in like this that sort of storyline is something that happens in the reverse all the time like the tortured male protagonist uh his his girlfriend or his wife will be murdered horribly and that will finally spur him and compel him to like do the right thing and be on his true path. But the problem with it here is that like this season was so clearly like you only got it because like of uh, uh, like because of the fans and it's a really nasty thing to do to your fans. Yeah, why would you fridge Logan? Like it it like you fridging Logan is a really nasty thing to do for a fourth season that you only got because of this like cult following of fans that like have asked for it. Mhm. And I'm not saying you should all like and listen, I I'm the first person to be like, fuck those fans. Like, do do what's right for your story. But there are some instances where I feel like you do have to honor that. And this was one that, like, they needed to do that. And they didn't. And it was so cruel. And I really, as someone who didn't even, like, right? Like, like, as someone who's, like, watching the show for the first time and is only sort of, like, knows it by osmosis because of, like the cultural like hoopla around it like it was ugly to me it was ugly honestly y'all could have killed off one of her little friends you could have you could have killed off one of her little friends 
her, her, her dad even, but Logan, Logan, are you real? Are you serious? And then fridging him and then being like, now she's, she's motivated to like be her best self. But, but I'm like, again, with what I said about Veronica's personality being cap, she didn't need that though. Like she really didn't need that. Um, Maybe let Veronica retire because, like I said, her being a private eye is literally a manifestation of trauma. When Veronica's doing well and she's excelling and she feels supported, she does not want to do this work. This work is a direct result of her traumas. It's not a mythical calling either, like Buffy's. Why does she have to to, to fix Neptune, right? Like, why can't we let our protagonist have a win? deeper than killing logan and how messed up that was you're telling me that the only real good version of veronica mars is the miserable one right and that's that's concerning like i really need y'all men to stop making these women miserable for no reason what was the reason it was it was mean it was so mean (laughs) Y'all really threw me for a doozy, you guys. I don't think it was necessary. It was very much giving me George R.R. Martin punish your fans energy. Yeah, so what is your grade on that final season? Good, bad, or basic? It's basic. It's it's basic minus, honestly, to me. I'm going to give this season a bad. That's fair. I think Uh, that's totally fair. I'm, I'm not even just giving it a bad in the way that I thought a couple other seasons were bad i'm like season three i'm giving it a bad because it was badly written and cruel i feel like it's the show trying to address like its past problems but like it didn't really understand what it did wrong before so then it does the wrong thing again and i feel like that's no that's very apparent like in her character but whatever it's it i don't know it is what it is i mean small token of appreciation like shout out to y'all for keeping wallace around and not like either writing his character off or just letting his character fade. <laughs> like, right. You know how some shows don't write, even bother writing the character off? Do you just stop seeing them? <laughs> so, I mean, shout out to that, I guess, like points for consistency or whatever, but the Veronica Mars character herself and the way that she, the circumstances in her life are written are, uh, you know, a stagnant at best and inconsistent at worst. The body of work, like, this show is, it's lacking in a big way to me. I love that y'all love it. Um, I get it. I do. I really do get the love, and particularly in that first season. And I guess I had to be there, and I, I wasn't. <laughs> I'd like to see another female detective. Something I told you is that, like, I thought this show would have been better off-rip if it had started in college. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of elements that I think would have worked way better if everybody, if the show if season one was placed and they were all college aged. And I'd like to see that. I'd like to see somebody do something like this again, place it in college. Oh, for sure. I would love to see somebody get murdered in college. Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> television characters, murders solved on a college, a college campus. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. I think that'd be a fun time. And I think you could do, I think a lot of this show, I think a lot of the shows, like I think social ethos is, and I actually really do think the Veronica character, if like the way that she's very hypocritical, I think if you go, if the show were to, if another show were to go into that, like intentionally with like the intent to like, 
break that apart and then like in a self-aware way like portray that like people like veronica are bullshit that would be really interesting to me veronica mars it was a moment it was it was a cultural icon it is part of tv's time capsule but it could have been done a little bit better you have it folks this is everything that we think made veronica mars good bad basic and brilliant if you'd like to check out the series veronica mars is currently streaming on hulu and the veronica mars movie is currently streaming on tubi if you've enjoyed this episode of the good the bad the basic be sure to share it with your friends and if you're a member of our patreon be sure to check out our veronica mars playlist Tune in next week as we keep the strong female lead season going with part one of our discussion of the revolutionary sitcom girlfriends girlfriends is currently streaming on netflix so get into it you don't want to miss this conversation the good the bad the basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms so be sure to tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go and leave us a review on your preferred platform be sure to share our weekly episodes on your social media and follow us at the good bad basic on twitter and at good bad basic pod on instagram to get in on our daily content also be sure to follow our soundcloud page the good the bad the basic where all of our weekly episodes debut first if you love this sort of content and want more Become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.